and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on the faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer, suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. William? Uh, in my late teens, I used to listen to some radio broadcasts. I used to listen to back to the Bible broadcasts on Transworld Radio. Now, that shows you how long ago it was, uh, way, way back. And I remember it was Theodore Epp was the Bible teacher at that time, but when he retired, Warren Wearsby took over from him. And uh, Warren Wearsby spoke about a letter he received from a listener who had been listening to his programs and listening to the Bible studies as he expounded the Scriptures, and she thanked him for the encouragement that she had received from those radio messages. And this is what she said, when we go to church, all our pastor does is scold us and whip us. We really get tired of this. It's refreshing to hear some words of encouragement. I hope over my 45, 46 years of ministry, uh, I've not been guilty of scolding or whipping God's people, but I do know that some pastors fall into that trap, and their people are left feeling that somehow they can never be good enough to satisfy their pastor's expectations. The truth is that there are many things in life that act as discouragements, and we long for experiences that will actually lift us up and encourage us and not beat us down and cause us to be discouraged and depressed. A man was invited to uh, dinner by his friends, and uh, the hostess uh, had prepared the most beautiful meal, and it was superb. The food was wonderful, except the dessert didn't quite reach up to the high standard of the, the previous courses. But even so, the guest went out of his way to try to say some good things about an apple pie that really wasn't so good. Sometime later, he got invited back to a meal again, and this time, the food was absolutely superb, and she served a cherry pie that was delicious, the best he'd ever tasted. But he didn't say anything about it, and later on as they're chatting, the hostess blurted out, I don't understand you. The last time you were here, I served you a pie that was really awful, and you were very complimentary. Tonight, I've given you what I think is the best pie I've ever made, and you haven't said a word about it. The man smiled, and he said, let me tell you why. I agree the cherry pie tonight was fantastic, and the apple pie that you served last time was not as good as this one, but you see, it needed the praise. And I suppose we are more often like the apple pie than the cherry pie. We fall short of the Lord's expectations of us. 
we fall short of other people's expectations so often, and we fall short of our own expectations. And we, we could so easily be discouraged and depressed and live under a cloud, but even although we are disappointing the Lord, He never, ever gives up on us, and He always appreciates us, and He always reaches out to encourage us. He never stops loving us. And although others may disappoint us, we must seek to be like the Lord and never give up on them. We want to encourage them. We want to say something that will, that will be uplifting rather than beating them on the head. There's a wonderful character in the early church, a Cypriot called Joseph. Because he was the kind of person who always came alongside people and encouraged him, the early Christians gave him a nickname, and the nickname was Barnabas, and it means son of encouragement. He was someone who made a point of appreciating and encouraging and supporting others. He encouraged Saul of Tarsus, who had been a persecutor of the church, and when he was converted, the Christians were deeply suspicious of him, and so they kind of shunned him. They didn't want to get too close to him. He, he was uh, too, too, too tainted. And yet, when the apostles asked uh, Barnabas to go to Antioch and encourage the new developing church there, Barnabas went looking after Saul. He sought him out, and then he took him with him to uh, Antioch, and there, under the wing of Barnabas, Saul of Tarsus developed his potential and grew into the Christian leader and missionary and apostle that we know as Paul. So, throughout this new year, 2021, I'd like each one of us to be challenged by Paul's words, the one who himself had been encouraged by Barnabas. And I'd like his words to encourage you this morning to become an encourager. And the text is in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. And I want to bring you that text this morning, the very first Sunday of the new year, and say, encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. First of all, encourage each other by reflecting the light. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 5, Paul says, you are all children of light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. Now, we've just recently come to the end of celebrating Advent and Christmas, and we've been reminded that Jesus came to bring light into our darkness. Simeon said in Luke 2.32, He is a light to reveal God to the nations. John 1 and verse 4, life itself was in him, and this life gives light to everyone. The light shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And Jesus Himself 
in adulthood said this in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. We know that our lives, when we became Christians, were transformed by His light. Yes, we'd been stumbling about in the darkness. We had bruised and battered ourselves as uh, in sin we had uh, been involved in things that we should never have been involved in. But then, by His grace, we were saved through faith in Jesus Christ, and our lives were transformed, and suddenly the darkness was dispelled, and we began to walk in the light and to live in the light. Paul says in Ephesians 5, 8 to 9, though your hearts were once full of darkness, now you're full of light from the Lord, and your behavior should show it. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So, my brothers and sisters, we are now those who are living in the light. We are children of the day. And if Jesus is living within us, then our lives should reflect His light and not the darkness of the world's values and attitudes. Our fellowship with Jesus should reflect the light, and our fellowship with one another in the body of Christ should also reflect the light. When, it's, when we live in the light together, then we reflect His light to the world. In 1 John 1, 5 to 10, we read, God is light. There is no darkness in Him at all. So, we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not living in the truth, but if we are living in the light of God's presence, just as Christ is, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from every sin. As this new year begins, let me encourage all of us to intentionally live in the light, to intentionally reflect the light of Jesus in this dark world in which we live, and to reflect the light of Jesus in our relationship within the body of Christ. That means we'll need to be spiritually vigilant and recognize when Satan tries to introduce darkness into our lives and darkness into our relationship with others, and especially that's the case when they may happen to do something that hurts or disappoints us. So, encourage each other by reflecting the light and by being determined that you will reflect the light in every circumstance, and in every situation, and in every relationship that you have. Secondly, encourage each other by being spiritually alert. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, here's what Paul says, so be on your guard, not asleep like others. Stay alert and be sober. 
writing to the believers in Ephesus in Ephesians 6, 18. He says, stay alert. As believers, we need to be mentally alert and spiritually prepared if we are to live our lives as children of light and of the day. And that requires of us, first of all, as Paul identifies, clear thinking. Look at verse 8, 1 Thessalonians 5. But let us who live in the light think clearly, or in other translations, be clear-headed. In other words, our thinking should not be cloudy or vague or uncertain or fuzzy, but it should be clear and sharp and incisive. Paul uses military metaphors here. He's thinking in terms of spiritual warfare. We're all involved in a battle against the old sinful nature. We don't always find ourselves responding the way that we should from the spiritual nature. So, often we, we, uh, we respond from the old nature rather than the new but if we respond in the way that we ought to from the new spiritual nature, then we need to be alert to recognize when Satan's on the offensive and when he's stirring because there's nothing more sure or certain than the fact that Satan will try to have a good stir and get people at one another's throats and get people discouraged and disappointed in God Himself. So, be alert. Be alert. Stay awake to, this, to the, the tactics that Satan so often uses. Let's live in the light and think clearly. When we're under attack, we need to bring our lives consciously under the control of the Holy Spirit. And we need to make sure that the spiritual armor is in place. That wonderful passage in Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul speaks of the spiritual armor. And he says in verse 11, they are put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the, the strategies and tricks of the devil. So, be spiritually alert by clear thinking seeing things clearly and incisively and being awake and alert to when the devil is, is trying to destroy or disrupt. Uh, and uh, be spiritually alert through committed fellowship. In verse 8 of 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul's speaking about the relationships that we have with one another in the body, and he speaks about our need to be protected by the body armor of faith and love. Our faith tells us every single individual is precious in the sight of God. God loves every one of us. <coughs> He's concerned for each one of us and wants us to enter into His very best. So, he has a, placed an infinite value in every individual in the body of Christ. And because we are precious and loved by God, we have to view our brothers and sisters in the same way God does. <coughs> when we see one another through God's eyes, His grace enables us to build strong relationships in the body of Christ. Faith and love are described here by Paul as body armor. 
Another way we might see them, one that, well, you know that we moved our home recently, and we were packing everything up. We had vast rolls of bubble wrap to put all our precious things in so that when they were moved from our own old house to our new flat, uh, they were not damaged in the process. And you, you, can, you can see it in the same way in this passage, the body armor or the bubble wrap of God. I think that's a great way of seeing it. You know, that faith and love is like bubble wrap round us all, so that even when we sometimes bump up against one another, as inevitably we will do, we will not harm another or be harmed by others. The everyday events of life, our own human frailties and failures, mean that our relationships with even our fellow believers can often suffer lots of knocks and setbacks. But if we intentionally seek to see one another from faith's perspective and God's viewpoint, His grace will help us to develop a Christian fellowship in which we are strongly committed to encourage and support one another, so that even when we bump up against one another, sometimes in different ways, the overriding concern that we will have is to encourage one another and to embrace one another in love. So, be spiritually, encourage one another by being spiritually alert through your clear, incisive thinking and recognition of Satan's tactics and what God wants in response to that. Uh, be spiritually alert through a committed fellowship in which faith and love binds us all close together, and a confident salvation. The end of 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, Paul speaks of wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. That echoes something else he said in that memorable passage in Ephesians chapter 6 on the uh, on the Christian's armor. In verse 17, he says, put on salvation as your helmet. Our future salvation is completely guaranteed by God through the blood shed on the cross of His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And nothing can take away our salvation from us we are eternally secure, held eternally secure in Him. And Paul says in Romans 13, 11, wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. So, be alert to that fact and be confident in your salvation. <coughs> Paul and Barnabas were very confident in their salvation, even when they were suffering. In Acts 14, 21-22, <coughs> we're told that after surviving a stoning event by a murderous mob, and this is what the Scripture says, Paul and Barnabas returned again to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them 
to continue in the faith, reminding them they must enter into the kingdom of God through many tribulations. They had suffered, but in spite of their suffering, they went back to those places where people were living, where they had fellow believers that were living and facing the same kind of opposition that they had faced, and they encouraged them, continue in the faith, be strong, be strong, have confidence in all that God can do for you. So, be confident about your salvation and encourage one another in your salvation and in your service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, an interesting thing happened uh, to me when I was just a relatively young minister, only a couple of years I had been in the pastorate, and uh, I remember I was down preaching uh, at anniversary services in uh, a small Baptist chapel in Derbyshire. And after the service and before the meal, I was taken to visit a quadriplegic man who was almost completely household, housebound. I was a brash young minister. I had so much to learn at that time, and I thought, I'll go and I'll meet this man and I'll, I'll encourage him. What a lesson the Lord took me, taught me on that occasion. I don't know that I could have possibly said anything at all to encourage him. He was the one that encouraged me. A quadriplegic believer, totally housebound, and I was the one that came away with the blessing and the encouragement. Now, we can encourage one another. That's what Paul says we need to do. Encourage each other by reflecting the light. Encourage each other by being spiritually alert through clear thinking and committed fellowship and confidence in our salvation. And thirdly and finally, encourage each other by anticipating Christ's return. All the encouragement that we are to give one another is in light of the fact that one day Jesus is coming again. The Apostle Peter also writes on that subject. This is what he says in 1 Peter 1 and 13. So, think clearly. There's that phrase again, not just in Paul, but also in Peter. Think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the special blessings that will come to you at the return of Jesus Christ. Here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 4, Paul says, you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. Now, for people within our unbelieving world today, uh, the return of the Lord Jesus is something they do not think about, and they do not anticipate, and they certainly don't expect that that is going to happen. But for you and I, who love the Lord Jesus, who are committed to Him, and who are followers of Him, this is the promise that we are looking forward to, that one day He will return again. And when He returns, 
my, that's going to, what a day of rejoicing, as the old hymn says, what a day of rejoicing that will be. The focus of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the, the chapter before the one that we're looking at at the moment, the whole focus of that chapter is the return of the Lord. And on the fact that the return of Jesus ought to inspire us to live holy, godly lives. If we're living our lives in the light, and we are children of the day seeking to please God, then the Lord's return will be more to us than just a doctrine that interests and excites us, but an incentive that keeps us spiritually alert and focused. Stay awake, says Paul. Stay awake. Realize these things are going to happen. Dr. John Valvoord, who was president of Dallas Theological Seminary in Texas, authored a comprehensive study of the last days and the Lord's return. Huge book it was on my bookshelf. It was a wonderful uh, setting out of the biblical truth concerning the return of the Lord Jesus and the hope that we have because of that. And this is what he said, as we look forward to the coming of the Lord, may it not only be part of our theology and hope, but may it be the mainspring of our Christian life and testimony. If today is the last day on earth before Christ comes, may it be a day that is well spent in God's service for His glory, and for the testimony of the truth. The thought of the reality of Christ's return is the incentive that we should live in the light, and walk in the light, and reflect the light, and that the light should permeate all our relationships with one another, and that we should therefore encourage each other to keep on serving Jesus, following Him, because Jesus is one day coming back to receive us to Himself. So, here we are, the very beginning and brink of 2021, and I want to just encourage you to take these words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, and keep them before you throughout this coming year. So, encourage each other, and build each other up, just as you're doing. Encourage each other by reflecting the light of Jesus in your lives day by day. Encourage each other by being spiritually alert and not allowing the devil to get in to disrupt or destroy, and anticipate Christ's return, and look forward to that, and encourage one another through all the trials and difficulties that we may pass. Encourage each other. Build each other up so that when Jesus returns with joy, we'll welcome Him and meet Him. Amen. Let's pray.